Three seconds. Curry from half court. Oh! He puts it in at the buzzer. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. Joe Varden is here. Uh, the Cavaliers are here. Not quite as interesting as the last time the Cavaliers were here. We wanted to podcast in the fourth quarter. We were planning to. The Warriors were up, what, 20 or so, 19 and a half. Uh, but then the Cavs came back and made us actually watch the fourth quarter. Made the Warriors' main guys play through the fourth quarter. Yeah, they really did. Um, you know, it's just interesting to hear you talk to actually be invested in these games and what happens in them for most of the season for the Cavaliers. It just hasn't really been about that. So sure, from a Cavs perspective, it was fun to watch them get close, but that's usually what happens. They get kind of close and and fall short. Yeah, you know, I like Colin Sexton played well, and, you know, there were some nice moments. Uh, but from a Warriors perspective, it was all about just kind of getting the win. You know, they would have liked the, the, the fourth quarter rest, but, you know, it, it drops the magic number down to one, uh, which is important for them because they really want to rest all their main guys during that terrible back-to-back they got to close the season which is at new orleans at memphis and they're probably going to open saturday in the playoffs from what i'm hearing uh it's not a for sure thing it's just probable which would mean they only get thursday friday off they're going to take friday or thursday completely off uh so they're closer to that denver did win so they didn't get the full clinch um but now they got sunday and an interesting scenario has presented itself for the warriors because the uh clippers shockingly lost to the lakers tonight uh, which now puts the Clippers back in play. I believe they're tied with the Thunder with, with 33 losses in the seven. And the Spurs, who have an easy schedule to close it out, are at 34 losses. The Warriors get the Clippers in here Sunday. They can beat the Clippers. They could potentially force their way into a Warriors-Clippers first-round series, which not only do they feel like that is a very good matchup for them, Clippers don't really have any like star power, uh, but also they very much want to go to L.A. and not Texas and not Oklahoma City. Uh, that is the soft opening to the playoffs they want, and they kind of now have a chance to maybe you know pr- uh, cause it. Well, you know that I'm rooting totally against that uh, because I'm covering the Nuggets in the first round, and I want to see them play the Clippers so I can Everyone go back wants to LA. LA. But I, you know, from a, from a Warriors perspective, on the from and then being on the outside, it, it's hard to imagine that any matchup that they have in the first round is going to be a problem. Uh, sure, the Clippers don't have that star power. They do have an excellent bench, though, and that actually concerns me a little from a Warriors perspective, just because I don't like what I've seen from that group. Um, but I, I agree that, that that would be a preferred matchup from their perspective, just you know, less travel uh, and, and games they feel they can get. Yeah, um, one thing on the – the Warriors will be able to play their stars more, you know, 40 minutes if you have to push the guys. Uh, the Clippers, do, you know, the depth is there. And, again, we're going to see – what should be actually a somewhat competitive maybe mini preview Sunday if that does end up being the matchup because the Warriors are going to go for it. Steve Kerr said postgame he doesn't have any rest plans. They want to just get the firm clinch, and by winning that they would. And, again, the Clippers you know are going to be going hard because if you're the Clippers, you just want no part of a 1-8 against the Warriors. I actually think the Clippers, I'm not going to say they would beat the Nuggets, but, you know, that could be frisky against the Nuggets. Uh, but to do that, they, they might have to either beat the Warriors Sunday. I think they close with the Jazz. Like, that's too tough games to close out i can't believe they lost the lakers tonight i can't either I, you know lebron's been in street clothes for a week and alex caruso who you have 30 10 yeah i think so i mean for a while i thought his name was nick uh so that just shows you where he ranks uh in in the uh you know a, a nba totem pole there but i 
I still I really like the Clippers. I think they're I mean they've surprised everybody this year. Uh, Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell are awesome. Um, so I think it'll be fun here from a, from a Warriors perspective. I do want to throw out there though because so many of your listeners are of course Warrior fans and just kind of tying a bow on this Cavs Warriors rivalry that is now completely defunct and dead. With the loss tonight here at Oracle, the Cavs clinched the worst road record in the NBA. What are they? They are six and thirty-five. And Ouch. Just, if you can, if you think about this, every year for the last five years now, the Cavs uh, played their last road game of the season here at Oracle. For the first four, that was in the finals. Now it's April, whatever. Yeah, um, it. You know, it's the end of the rivalry felt like the game in Cleveland earlier this yeah. year. Um, that was like the official end of it because it felt so weird to go into that arena. And I know from a Warriors perspective, they felt the same way. It was weird, very weird to go in there. Like, I don't want to say half full, but it was dull environment. There was definitely like, you know, kind of groups of empty seats um, and no LeBron, no energy. Uh, and and they to me, that was kind of the funeral. Tonight, I mean, like the late season five, I think added to it a little bit, but it still was strange to see Cavaliers colors, guys like Tristan Thompson, who you've seen on this finals floor, and just, you know, on, on you know, arguably the worst team in the league. Uh, and it's just, it's just weird how quickly this matchup has gone from the marquee matchup in the league to maybe a bottom five matchup in the league. Yeah, I mean... It's just it's so striking because you look at the Warriors and out there they had Steph, Clay, Draymond, Durant, and Bogut. That's their starting five tonight. And and it could have been Cousins. It, okay, but but yeah. from a rivalry perspective, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean those guys combined have played in you know however many finals against the Cavs. You know, uh, Bogut was there at the very beginning, and then Durant's been there the last couple. So is it weird to see that? The, them mixed it's, now. It, it's it's really weird to see them all out there and mix. And at the same time, I mean, Cavs fans still talk about LeBron and Kyrie almost as though they are like Cleveland's. You yeah. know, like well, LeBron and Kyrie are that we don't have them anymore. Like that's something they say, and it's just it's striking that the Cavs couldn't hold on to almost any of those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's the Warriors' fault in a lot of ways. It is. Uh, you know, if they don't come along, that course <laughs> may be still in Cleveland. I don't know. What's your take? Do you think they're still there? If if Durant doesn't sign here? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, because they would have won, you know. They, they, they probably would have won, won at least one of the last two. Right. And, and still going for it. You know, I think LeBron, among part of his calculus was, look, I'm not getting credit for getting to the finals anymore. And so if I'm not going to be able to beat this Warriors group, I can go live in L.A. and be happy in L.A. and try something different uh, and still not win the title instead of the, instead of the Warriors. So you were uh, on both sides of this back-to-back. You were in L.A. doing some more national-type reporting, uh, and then you came up here watch this one. I mean, these are two terrible teams that the Warriors yeah. kind of disposed of. Uh, they didn't. They they were really sharp, I thought, in L.A. Tonight they started sharp. They looked like they were taking care of business. They obviously let their foot off the gas a little. There were some turnovers. There were some offensive rebound issues. Uh, but I think in general, um, this they are in a good place entering the playoffs. Cousins is, you know, sharp now. Uh, he, he's kind of gaining more consistency. He's proven himself in important matchups. He was great against Jokic, you know, good against Houston. Um, Durant is in a good mood. Durant's talking postgame tonight saying, I'm in a good groove, which means the team's in a good groove. Uh, and, you know, he's distributing. 
Draymond Green's hitting threes. He's around 40% from three since the All-Star break. Three more of them tonight. He's hot. Uh, yeah. Uh, what is your takeaways from a team that, as you know, you followed from afar this season, did seem very destabilized at times. Right now they don't. No, they, they don't. Um, I, I saw them play the Lakers several times this year. And then, of course, the, the two times they played the Cavs. Um, I still love the Warriors. I I love the way they go about their business when things matter. And the thing we were talking about during the game uh, was that I was impressed with overall how they handled their business against these two bad teams. I I liked the way they came out and and played and tried to take care of business. The thing about the NBA, as we all know, is that occasionally there are runs made. Occasionally guys get hot. And tonight that was Colin Sexton for Cleveland. Made the game closer but you got to love the way that Steph Curry is playing. And what was interesting to me about Durant is just he, you know, I think, what do you have, 14 tonight? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it, I, I like that he, that he thinks he's in a good groove because he didn't even really need to exert himself. No, I mean, he's had games lately. He had a 5-6 shooting night. He had a 5-5 five five shooting night. These are like career-low shot attempts that he's had like multiple times in the last couple of weeks. And at first, I've talked about this a little. At first, I thought it was almost like a defiant thing he was doing. Like, fine, you know, because yeah. that's almost been like the story of the season. And you always are like hey, trying to tie these different motives. But now I think he's kind of thinking, hey, I'm playing like this and it's really working well. And the team's in a good groove. And to hear him talk about it tonight, like he seems to really be embracing this kind of heading to the postseason. You can hear the loud crowd in front of us. We got E-40 and Guy Fieri coming by. <laughs> The you real can, stars. Yeah, these, they, this is a this is a bromance like we haven't seen in a while. Uh, the, the, these two are always sitting courtside together. It's it's interesting. What is, this is your last game in Oracle? I hope you're enjoying. Well, maybe. But, uh, uh, right. That's yeah. I mean, I I uh, I hope that I'm back here for the finals, working for the Athletic Warriors against uh, Celtics. Maybe 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 the Bucks. We'll see. But it's you know. This, that was the discussion tonight in the Cleveland locker room for the, for the few guys who had been here. I mean, there's some, there were some great stories. Tristan Thompson was talking about how the carpet is different than it was, than it used to be, and it was because they had poured champagne all over it. Nick Stauskas asked Channing Fry how much the Cavs drank that night, and Channing said that they could have been drinking Hennessy all night until about 5 a.m., and, and that's when the lack of food would have, would have kicked in. So... And then there's also you walk in there and you see the whiteboard that LeBron punched after game one last year, broke his hand basically, and, and ended whatever chance the Cavs could have maybe had and they didn't have one to begin with. So it's a building that's very bittersweet for the few players and, and coaches who are left from those days. Only three remain, and Kevin didn't even play tonight. Channing will retire at year's end. So the numbers are dwindling, and, and so I think it's, uh, from, a, from that perspective, it's probably right that this is it for the Cavs at Oracle because the players that they have don't really have the ties here. What interests you still in the next week? I mean, there's going to be a lot of bad, meaningless games across the league. There already has been in yeah. the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, maybe you looked at some lottery stuff. You know, some matchup stuff. I mean, the Magic are now six. I saw that in the East. Very weird. Um, what interests you remaining in the regular I, season? I hate the lottery stuff, especially because I don't think any of us are taking into account that if you're the third seed, for instance, you have a better chance of t- getting the sixth pick than you do the first pick. I mean, if you're the third worst team? Yeah, if you're right. So if you're the third worst team, you have a chance of, of drafting sixth instead of first. So this whole year of tanking could be for naught. So what I like is... 
the bottom of the East bracket. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's some teams that are, that you thought might be in, like the Pistons, who might not make it. You mentioned the Magic is sixth. Uh, the the Nets are a, a fun story, but they're hell they're tied for eighth. I mean, so there are some teams playing games that that count, and that that's what I'm going to look at. Man, it's just crazy when you look at the East record because there is some talk about how the East is stronger this year. I mean, they obviously their top four is sturdier and could present a better challenge to the Warriors than the Cavs did last year. But uh, forty and forty right now, the Magic are and they're the sixth seed. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw a stat where the Celtics' record right now would put them ninth in the West, like they wouldn't even be in the playoff bracket. Uh, that's going to be an ugly first round in the East. <laughs> the second, the second round should be really fun, but yeah. man, that first round. I, I mean. But then you, you talk about end-of-year stuff. Like, the way Giannis played last night, for me, cemented my vote for him for MVP. I think I'm voting him MVP, too. And, and I wasn't quite sure because I, I've seen a lot of James Harden this year, and, and, and the Rockets were so bad early on, and he rescued them. But, but watching Giannis play against the Sixers in a late game, both teams playing hard, and for him to go with for 40-whatever and, and however many rebounds, he, he cinched it. So... You know, the, yes, there's going to be some bad basketball. The two games I'm going to watch with the Cavs are going to be totally useless. They got somebody uh, in the race. Are they playing San Antonio? Is that right? Yeah, they got San Antonio that Sunday. Ma- that matters down in the bottom of the – that matters for the Warriors because they're looking at 6, 7, 8. All and, right. And you got three teams that should really not want 8 and should really want 7 or 6 or wherever the Nuggets end up. Well, good, because the F- the Athletic Bay Area customers are fantastic customers, and they all read all the stuff. So I'm sure they'll all be flocking to Athletic Cleveland to be checking what happens with the Spurs on Sunday. I'm going to gobble that up. <laughs> I hope everyone is subscribing to the Athletic. Absolutely. All right, Joe, appreciate you coming on. Uh, Nuggets, Nuggets playoff series. That'll be interesting. just the road games of that series. Yeah, we we have our uh, our our beat writer for the Nuggets at the Athletic. His wife is about to have their first child. Doesn't want to be on the road, so I'll be filling in there, and, and we'll see. I think that is going to be the most competitive of the West first round series. I and right. I think you're probably going to be going to whatever city in a one one series, and the game three will be good, and the game four should be good. So. Um, maybe not the sexiest matchup, but it should be fun. Hey, uh, that's what, I'm openly campaigning for Los Angeles. Me too. <laughs> Half the Warriors locker room is as well. Clay Thompson very much included. Amen. All right. Uh, I will talk to you. Uh, I'm not going to actually be here Sunday, so I'll talk to you next week during that thrilling New Orleans-Memphis back-to-back.